I'm normally suspicious of people who talk about themselves in the third person, but I love this man and I love what he says. His name is Shane Jones. He refers to himself as Matua Shane Jones, the Prince of the Provinces. Shane, congratulations for getting back into Parliament. You're the Minister of Regional Development. We're going to talk about the regions in a minute, but you've gone to war with Te Pāti Māori. Look, thank you for those congratulatory remarks. For three years... Uh, my rallies in the Māori Party have been given a cultural free pass. They've been able to deploy and weaponise language in extreme contexts, dismissing New Zealand First as a genocide party, telling us that we're responsible for terrorism and colonial suffering, all sorts of words that um, are inversely related to the role that a parliamentary a parliamentarian should um, assume. So they've uh, met their match. Um, Sadly, uh, the co-leader, Debbie Packer, sought to dismiss me as a dinosaur while I'll wear the name T-Rex with a matter of pride. It was a bit of a circus, the swearing in ceremony yesterday. Let, let's be honest about it. Yeah, I mean, we worked really hard to get back to Parliament. It costs a lot of money. Winston and I had been banished for three years. Uh, the standard of dress, I believe, has diminished. Uh, the sense of decorum has been undermined. I mean, I think that the listeners need to really accept that at this stage, the Māori Party is not a political party. It's more of a movement and a pressure group. It's akin to having Greenpeace sitting in Parliament. And much of what they do is designed to uh, destabilise or, quite frankly, erode the foundations of Parliament, which are traceable back uh, to the extent that Kiwis are remotely interested in this. They're capable back capable of being traced back to the south between King John and the Earls and the Lords and that uh, that evidenced itself in the Magna Carta and then comes to King Charles I, Bill of Rights in 1688 and obviously over time that legacy came to New Zealand. Uh, we had the Constitution Act, we had the Treaty of Waitangi. So Winston and I regard these things as uh, incredibly important features of what it uh, means to enjoy the privilege. Well, of we do know, one, one thing we do know about Winston Peters is he's an immaculate dresser, he's a stickler for manners, and he's a stickler for etiquette. Does it annoy you? Does it annoy him? I mean, should Raweri and Debbie and goodness knows who else be wearing hats in Parliament, for instance? Is this just a free pass? Well, I've seen... Uh, for the last three years, they've enjoyed a cultural free pass. We, we've got a lot of confidence in Jerry Brownlee. He's a robust South Islander, and I'm hoping that he'll assemble the leaders of the parties together. And I look, the Green Party aren't that much better. They all rocked up wearing um, shawls, uh, I guess, signifying their solidarity with the Palestinians in Gaza. But New Zealand um, has to have a far more mature view than that. Let's move on to one of your ministerial portfolios, because I know you've got oceans and fisheries as well, but regional development, does this carry on from the self-titled Prince of the Provinces moniker you gave yourself? <laughs> well, the regions still are in crying need of attention, and nowhere is that more evident as the regions are recovering from Gabriel in the uh, North Island and other areas in the West Coast. Um, they're very happy that I'm the Minister of Mining and Resources. and We're going to do as much as we can to simplify the legislative process so that more mining can happen in New Zealand. The focus of our regional role uh, will be resilience, productivity, and ensuring that infrastructure where it's in a, in a, in a parlous state 
that um, we can dedicate some money along with the councils or other stakeholders to improve infrastructure because I'm sick to death of all the shrill, uh, hysterical voices regarding climate change. I'm only interested um, in adaptation. And adaptation does not mean coming up with these long-winded plans reflective of hours of policy seances and uh, nothing happens. Adaptation is about fixing that bridge, fixing that bit of the road, uh, stabilising that bank so that people in three years' time in rural New Zealand can see, right, we do feel a bit more resilient and the money went into boosting the uh, durability of our infrastructure. That's far more useful than yet another lecture about killing cows, shrinking the size of the farming footprint and preventing industry from expanding. I'm a pro-industry, pro-economics politician. Talk to me about adaptation rather than mitigation, because I think you make a very good point there. I think we've got to live with climate change, and we can't um, go back to the 19th century in terms of emissions. We have to learn to adapt to the climate we're given. No New Zealander is going to um, choose uh, deliberate impoverishment. New Zealanders want an expanding economy, that leaves uh, revenue for the state to use for health, education, and other essential services. That will not happen for as long as we fall victim to these zealots who are promoting zero growth and, and, and a retreat of the economy and from certain areas. I trust the infinite capacity, imagination, and talent of human beings to cope with volatile weather. There will not be one word come out of my mouth as a Minister of Fisheries, Mining slash Resources or any other portfolio that joins this chorus of negativity, anti-growth and undermining the sense of security of Kiwis. We must adapt to the weather. You can't tell me, you can't find a New Zealander who can tell me what's the weather going to do in 33 days down in Westport, Kaitaia, and you're telling me that they know what the weather's going to do in 100 years' time? Tiff. Hey, Shane Jones, you talked about uh, getting, in inverted commas, the NEFs off the couch. What are you going to do to reward the workers of this country? Well, as you know, um, next year the government will be delivering uh, tax relief. The government's also going to be delivering a new piece of legislation to uh, extraordinarily simplify the process of industry and infrastructure being built and getting a consent from the politicians in Wellington not these unelected, shadowy, self-opinionated grandees who denied Ngaitahu after spending over $2 million the marine farm permit off the coast of Stewart Island, an area where no one ever goes. Now, we're going to change the system, and that will give more confidence to investors who will then create the uh, enterprises with highly skilled New Zealanders as their employees. Final question for you, a final comment from me about you. You entered Parliament a correct me if I'm wrong, once again as a List MP in 2005 for Labour. I can't imagine you, you're a polar opposite politically to Labour, but Labour in 2005 under Helen Clark and Michael Cullen was a different beast. Yeah, I first engaged with the Labour Party um, back in the days of Korowetere, Roger Douglas, David Longy. I was a young lad, I was in my late 20s. I was working well in a period of time for Geoffrey Palmer, and then I was uh, fortunate to uh, secure a scholarship and I went with my family to live in the United States of America and studied at Harvard. And when I came back, that's pretty much when I parted company uh, with the civil service. But I've always been interested in the nexus of political economy. 
And those politicians of that Labour generation are quite different in the sense they are not consumed, they are not addled, and they are not drunk with the Kool-Aid associated with wokeism, gender identity, and the broader agenda, which is to destabilise the foundations of New Zealand. And that's why Labour's in opposition. Uh, the Māori Party uh, are political eunuchs, and the Greens are where they belong, wearing scarves in opposition. <laughs> I love your war on woke. Shane Jones, Prince of the Provinces, thanks for your time as always on The Country. Kia ora. Bye-bye.